We're talking all new, all different Marvel and new comics today on The Geek Report is brought to you by Geek Geek Nerd Nerd, comics, toys, and collectibles. Redmond's Geek Store inside the Redmond Antique Mall at 535 Southwest 6th Street. Find the coolest new and vintage comic books, action figures, signed prints, and more at Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. We're starting off with some comic news, and then we'll get into the new releases today on The Geek Report. I'm Chris Columbus, and welcome. A new Assassin's Creed comic is currently in the works, as Titan Comics has acquired the license to publish a five-part series based on Ubisoft's popular video game franchise. According to the announcement, courtesy of Comics Beat, Neil Edwards, who has worked on Titan's Doctor Who, the Four Doctors comic, will be handling the illustrations. Unfortunately, however, Titan has yet to provide a release date. Earlier this year, Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the next chapter in its popular history-hopping video game franchise, which will be coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC this October. While Marvel is currently in the midst of Secret Wars, one of their biggest crossover storylines in years, the publisher is already looking ahead to what's coming next. Once Secret Wars wraps up in October, the Marvel Universe will be reborn. A promotion known as All New, All Different Marvel will see roughly 60 new relaunched series make their debut this fall. Each series will pick up eight months after the fallout of Secret Wars and offer a fresh jumping on point for readers. Marvel will be gradually revealing these new books and their creative teams over the next few weeks. To make things easy, I will summarize all the big announcements, the new books, who's working on them, and what they're about. Marvel has made no secret of the fact that the Secret Wars tie-in, A-Force, will play some role in the new Marvel Universe. The current volume is co-written by G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett. Wilson will be the only writer on the new series. No artist has yet been announced. Few details about the team's post-Secret Wars status quo have been revealed other than that Singularity will be a central figure. Based on the appearance of characters like She-Hulk, Dazzler, and Captain Marvel on the cover, it's clear the new series will involve regular Marvel Universe and its characters rather than the Arcadia setting of the current book. How much of a direct link will exist between the two books remains to be seen. Marvel has been hinting that an entirely new Hulk would be joining the likes of Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Jane Foster, Thor, after Secret Wars. While we still don't know the identity of this Hulk, we do know the name of this new series and the creators involved. Comicbook.com revealed that writer Greg Pak and artist Frank Cho will be teaming up for a new series called Totally Awesome Hulk. The title gives some indication as to the personality of this new hero. This is not Pak's first stint on a Hulk comic, having already written the Planet Hulk World War Hulk saga and later returned to the franchise with Incredible Hulks. But Pak said he was compelled to return to the franchise after receiving a call from editor Mark Panacea. As for the identity of the new Hulk, Pak said, there will be no mystery about the Hulk's identity once this book hits. You'll find out who the new Hulk is on page one. And it will indeed be totally awesome and it will fuel everything that happens in the story. But there will be a big mystery regarding exactly what happened to Bruce Banner. I love that guy and I wrote stories about him for years. And we've got some pretty huge revelations about him coming down the pike. That was from Greg Pak, who will be teaming with Frank Cho creating Totally Awesome Hulk. 
While Secret Wars brought back the classic Squadron Sinister team, all new, all different Marvel will introduce a new version of the Justice League-esque Squadron Supreme. Marvel.com revealed that James Robinson and Leonard Kirk, who recently collaborated on Fantastic Four, will be handling the new series. The Squadron will consist of heroes pulled from various dead worlds, including the Hyperion seen in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, Nighthawk from Supreme Power, and the Great Society's Doctor Spectrum. While the release of Free Comic Book Day issue, all new, all different Avengers number one, made it pretty clear that Mark Wade would be helming the new flagship Avengers comic, the series has now been confirmed by the Wall Street Journal. Wade will write in the book, while Mahmoud Azrar and Adam Kubert will alternate the art duties, allowing the series to ship more than 12 issues a year. The team lineup will be the same as that of the Free Comic Book Day issue, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Ms. Marvel, Spider-Man, Nova, and Vision. Though this series will explore the origin and formation of the team. The recent Nova villain, Warbringer, will serve as the team's first major threat. We get to do something that hasn't been done since the beginning of the series back in 1963, which is we get to tell an all-new origin story for the Avengers as the team rebuilds from the ground up, Wade told the WSJ. It seems that the team will no longer have access to either Avengers Tower or Stark or S.H.I.E.L.D. funding, leaving them juggling limited resources. They also have to contend with the fact that three members are teenagers and have to balance their school lives with their superhero activities. The bad news is that long-standing Captain Marvel writer Kelly Sue DeConnick is leaving the series. The good news, as revealed by Fast Company, is that Marvel will be relaunching the book again, this time with Agent Carter showrunners Tara Butters and Michelle Frazekas at the helm. Uncanny X-Men artist Chris Anka will make the series his new home. The new series will strike a balance between Carol Danvers' earthly and cosmic adventures. This is really meant to be the next level for Captain Marvel. Series editor Santa Amanet said to Fast Company, Carol is really meant to be a soldier and a commander, and also a diplomat. We're really trying to build up this space complex and space world. You'll really feel like there's an extension of the Avengers world into space, but not necessarily lost out in the Guardians of the Galaxy cosmos. It's rooted in Earth, but also an extension into the galaxy. IGN revealed that the new Spider-Gwen comic will be relaunched for the all-new, all-different Marvel this fall. Luckily, writer Jason Latour and, Ro and artist Robbie Rodriguez will remain on board. Latour told IGN, The aim of this first couple issues is to give folks who are new an entry point into Gwen's world, but it also fills a little backstory for people who have been with us a while. The new series' first arc will explore Gwen's tragic past with her universe's Peter Parker and the attempts by a new villain to recreate Peter's lizard formula. Earth-65 will remain the setting for the new Spider-Gwen book, though it sounds like Gwen will continue to travel to other worlds in the Marvel multiverse. Latour said, The main focus of our first arc is on Gwen Stacy's continuing adventures within her own universe, Earth-65. It's pretty essential to who this Gwen Stacy is to have her own supporting cast and villains and problems. But Spider-Gwen was born out of a multiversal crossover event, so the opportunity to hop around has always been present, and honestly, it's just too fun to resist. So yeah, bouncing over to the 616 now and then is something we're eager to, eager to explore, Latour said.
Marvel has been teasing that Doctor Strange would finally be getting his own comic again in the build-up to the character's Hollywood debut next year. As revealed by Entertainment Weekly, writer Jason Aaron and artist Chris Bacciolo will be teaming up for the new comic. The new series will reunite the pair for the first time since Wolverine and the X-Men. Aaron told EW that the cost of magic will be a heavy focus of his stories. We wanted a Doctor Strange who was always having to work for what he gets and to show that when he shows up and uses his powers, it's not like Captain America throwing a shield or Thor throwing his hammer. Strange has to worry about repercussions that those other heroes don't worry about because he's a sorcerer supreme, Aaron continued. We're talking about the forces of magic, so whatever he does has repercussions. Any of this stuff with magic, there's always a cost to it. I think that's kind of the only rule of magic we ever really talk about. Everything he does, there's a price to it. Editor Nick Lowe revealed that part of Strange's evolving role with the Marvel U involves making house calls to those in need of supernatural assistance. Brian Michael Bendis has been a constant fixture in the Ultimate Spider-Man franchise since it debuted in 2000. And even with the Ultimate Universe ending as a result of the Secret Wars, Bendis isn't loosening his grip on Miles Morales. As revealed by the New York Daily News, Bendis will write a new series starring Miles simply titled Spider-Man. Miles co-creator Sarah Pacelli will return to continue his journey as he acclimates to the new Marvel Universe. Bendis was very adamant that Miles is the Spider-Man of the new Marvel U, not merely a sidekick to Peter Parker. Our message has to be, it's not Spider-Man with an asterisk, it's the real Spider-Man for kids of color, for adults of color, and for everybody else, he told NYDN. While Peter's exact role in the series is unclear, it sounds as though he'll be acting as a mentor to Miles. In a later interview with Marvel.com, Bendis revealed that he had considered passing the ultimate Spider-Man torch to another writer before finding a new source of inspiration. He said, let me be quite frank, there was a time last year where I had given notice on this book. I thought that with the character moving into the Marvel Universe, maybe that should be a time for me to bow out. What I didn't know was the plans for Miles were substantial, that he would be an Avenger, or that he would set up in a way because of things going on in different books to be the more traditional Spider-Man character. And by that I mean Miles Morales will be the Spider-Man that is trying desperately to balance his life as a high school student and his superhero career. He will be the character that is wrestling with power and responsibility in a very raw way. Marvel's first all-new, all-different Marvel reveal came at Special Edition New York Comic Con, where they announced that writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist David Marquez will be taking the reins of Iron Man this fall. Tony Stark will be in the armor, but he'll have a new status quo and a new circle of allies and enemies to contend with. Bendis will also explore a loose end from Kyron Gillen's Iron Man work, the revelation that Tony is adopted, and the identities of his biological parents. At a press call following the announcement, Bendis said, Kyron set me up beautifully here. Now we have an adult Tony Stark who has a lot of confidence in the world, but has always had other things he wasn't confident about. There will be a quest here to find out who he is and where he came from. That's very interesting and exciting. We have this cool new armor and almost a new man in Tony Stark who is going to try to figure out what he's really made of, what drives him, and what makes him so unique. Marquez discussed the design inspiration for Tony's new armor, saying, We wanted it to be something that's new and fresh and kind of move the armor forward design-wise. As far as slimming down the armor, the big idea there that Brian and I talked a whole lot about 
is that over time, technology tends to get smaller and slimmer and lighter as opposed to bigger and bulkier. That was something that went into the design process, making sure it was very sleek and not too horribly busy with too much detail. Marvel's all-new, all-different lineup will be starting up after Secret Wars finishes in October. We'll be back after this with new comic book releases. Hey, Bob. Still got a copy of that Death of Wolverine? I'm on vacation. I want to catch up on the story. What's that about anyway? Yeah, we have the hardback book right over here. Wait, hold on. What? Wolverine's dying. Oh, Oh, great. Hi, Wade. No, really? Wolverine's dying? He's already dead. How and when did this happen? You'll have to read the comic, but I only have one copy left. I'll take it. Get in line. (laughs) What line? Line behind these. Ooh, shiny. Hey, whoa, you got a license for those? Like my license for these? Hey guys, calm down before you destroy my store. Wade, I can order you a copy if you'd like. Can you get me some chimichangas too? No, those are across the street. And I'll take this copy of Death of Wolverine. Hey, you overhyped red idiot, give it back. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, you mess with the bull. Catch up with some of your favorite comic characters at Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. Comics, toys, and collectibles inside the Redmond Antique Mall at 535 Southwest 6th Street in Redmond. Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. It's the language we speak. If Eminem were a geek, he'd sound like MC Frontalot. Here's MC Frontalot off of the album Nerdcore Rising with Goth Girls. Goth Girls, Goth Girls, did the girls to go to see the Nerdcore rapper with the geeked out flow with the show. You can see the black place on parade, I met a hundred dozen of them. I was wondering how goth is my frock I got this thing for horror movies and mo brock But I can't shock my hair up, I ran out of stock And just like that, a front a lot ran out of talk It was tragic, unheard of, never seen me Out of rhymes when they usually come into fatigue bleed But me here talk good? No, bad talk do Like my tongue got encrypted right before I lost root Like my small talk got box rocked on a prior boot It's moot, she only dates guys with chokes and dots Not brutes, lacking eyeliner like a lack But look, I'll put a little Plus lip shellac Just to stand next to that And dream about love Of necessity That has always had to be enough Cause I can't talk to goth girls I just stare and stammer My name is MC Framer Framer Dammer if she giggle Dammer double if she laugh Goth girls like it When you double damn it twice fast Goth girls Goth girls Are the girls that go To see the nerdcore rapper With the geek down flow At the show You can see the black lace On parade I met a hundred dozen of them But I ain't got laying the Rocky Horror premiere. She steered clear of the nerd crowd, but I heard loud in my ear the disdain that she held for my type. Always geeking on the Computron. I get hype on the stage. She might notice me then and observe that I'm ironically hip in some flip universe. In her purse and patent leather held in fishnet glove. Could think contain MP3 player with the front field up. Her name is Nightshade. Yo, don't call her Cherry Tomato. She look like Paisley Tinkle, but poisonous like Torpedo. She says her hair got attacked cause it's black and it's blue. She got the Johnny the Homicide Maniac tattoo Legs deep in the boots Boots all up on the heels Yes, the kind to make A certain type of fetish a squeal The ordeal I endure This close to her Splendor Besieged by my shyness Tried this I surrender And render my intentions In the usual way Home alone Suicide girls Up on the cathode ray Goth girls Goth girls Are the girls that go To see the nerdcore rapper With the geeked out flow At the show You can see the black lace On parade I met a hundred dozen of them But I ain't got laying home 
tell me that I shouldn't be covered in I tell her, yo, you better get in a covenant It's like, eek, I get to sleep on the couch for a week All watching old Elvira videos on TV Yeah, he, 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 laugh it up, you don't live like I do At the mercy of any sister with wrist scars and black eye glue I've tried to get into cheerleaders and failed Banana repugnant and tan, so bland and so stale, stale. Fill myself with a local cafe, like a clover Thumb through Camus in French, which I can't read, but so what? I think the goth could flower in her core's embrace I mean, I converted Edward Gorey's lettering into a typeface Befriended vampires on LJ in MySpace Even put that spooky echo filter on the base But I can't talk to goth girls, I just stare and stammer My name is MC Frimmer, Frimmer, Frimmer Dammer if she giggled, damn her double if she laughed Goth girls like it when you double damn it twice fast Goth girls Girls. Goth girls are the girls that go to see the nerdcore rapper with the geeked out flow at the show. You can see the black lace on parade. I met a hundred dozen of them, but I ain't got laying goth girls. Goth girls are the girls that got their soul stuck somewhere between the kettle and pot for the light. Been enamored of them since I was young. Met a hundred dozen of them, never ever hunt one. Damien, how's it going? Eh, you know, just back from the dead. I need to catch up on what's going on in the world. Me too. Well, I died 60 years ago. You don't see me whining. I wasn't whining, Dad. You always have to one-up me, don't you? Why, I ought to put you over my... Dad. Like father, like son. Boys, stop. This is a fine establishment. No need to go and tear it up. Okay, Mom. Okay, dear. Yes, Talia. Just trying to keep them sharp. Dude, they have the Joker covers. This villain and Anthology is amazing. Batman Beyond. Ooh, look, my pretty pony. Convergence is out now at Geek Geek Nerd Nerd Comics, Toys, and Collectibles, located in the Redmond Antique Mall at 535 Southwest 6th Street in downtown Redmond. Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. It's the language we speak. Okay, we're back with this week's new releases that came out on Wednesday. DC Comics has released another wave of comics embarking on a new creative direction, including Spot Superman number 41, Batgirl number 41, and Aquaman number 41, as well as some new series like We Are Robin and Green Lantern, The Lost Army. The Secret Wars rages on over at Marvel as Age of Ultron vs. Marvel Zombies has a new issue and E is for Extinction debuts and Planet Hulk and Infinity Gauntlet power forward. As for the rest of the publishers, we got the next chapter of Fight Club 2, a stellar issue of The Walking Dead, and the finale to Grant Morrison's Annihilator. The last one is from Legendary, so don't be surprised to see a movie in the near future. Continuing their universe-defining Secret Wars, Marvel is coming out with Age of Ultron vs. Marvel Zombies No. 1. This series succeeds in shining a light on one of the more compelling regions of Battleworld and those unlucky few who call the Deadlands their home. However, this first issue doesn't offer a clear sense of what the book's core struggle will be. But there are zombies. With the new movie coming out soon, check out Ant-Man Larger Than Life Number 1. The main story included in this issue serves as a prequel to the upcoming movie, following a young Hank Pym as he performs an early test on his Ant-Man technology. Thus ensues very straightforward adventure as Pym shrinks down, struggles to control a colony of ants, and fights his way out of danger. Perfectly decent, competently illustrated, but wholly unremarkable. 
Costume design aside, this could be any version of Hank Pym in any Marvel Universe. The package is rounded out with reprints of two Silver Age Ant-Man stories, which is an incredible bonus. All told, there's a fair amount of content here for the $3.99 cover price. Well worth the buy. If you loved watching the Daredevil series on Netflix, you'll love the comic with issue number 16 coming out this week. The march to Secret Wars has been slower for some heroes than others, as Daredevil's tryst with the city by the bay seems to be coming to an unfortunate end. That first issue of Mark Wade's Daredevil in 2011 was so much fun. That's all anyone could talk about for over a year, just how fun Daredevil was. I never could have expected in 2011, as we approach the end now four years later, that the series could make such a leap from fun, which it still regularly is, to genuinely moving. We've seen countless Daredevil kingpin conversations and confrontations in the past, and while this doesn't necessarily do anything different, it's still compelling. This is a book about the love between people and the lengths Matt will go for his loved ones is moving. And as usual, all of that praise is due to Chris Samney and Equal Measures. What a great book. I'm glad there's still a few issues left to come out from this team of Chris Samney and Mark Wade. It's Thanos vs. Nova in Infinity Gauntlet number 2. The Infinity Gauntlet remains one of the more surprising Secret Wars offshoots, namely in how little focus has been placed on its expected lead thus far. Thanos is once again relegated to sulking in the background here as Jerry Dugan and Dustin Weaver continue to build their narrative around the increasingly likable Vacuum family and their increasingly amazing dog Zigzag. Much like the debut issue, issue number two is more exciting family drama than anything else. The newly enlisted Vacuums are forced to learn the Nova Corp roped on the fly. This structure serves to increase the overall urgency of the piece. The amped up pace will allow the creative team to awkwardly introduce what will likely be the book's ongoing conflict, as the Infinity Gauntlet and its collected stones come into play. While the final pages read a bit jarringly, particularly that Star-Lord cameo, they do succeed in further laying the seeds for what's to come. The Captain and Devil's Quest continues in Planet Hulk number 2. Joined now by the ambiguous Doc Green. There have been many solid Secret Wars tie-ins so far, but few that have managed to capture the same grandiosity in their storytelling as Planet Hulk. Sam Humphrey seemed more hooked into the Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars tone than most other writers. Their cast of characters grandstand, their scope is epic, their action is breakneck. Mark Laming is similarly ambitious with his artistic storytelling. The planet and monsters are grand in their design and the character faces are equally grand in their expressiveness. Planet Hulk is the perfect throwback for an old school adventure fan. Dan Abnett's Korvac Saga number 1 is all about the rivalry between Michael Korvac's Guardians of the Galaxy and Simon Williams' Avengers. That rivalry between the groups is the most fun part of the book. Wonder Man is such an ass, but there isn't nearly enough of it. The majority of the book is filled with standard superheroing, featuring the future Guardians. And Otto Schmidt delivers exactly on the script's demand for standard superheroing. No more and no less. If you were a fan of Abnett's Guardians 3000, you may find something to like in here. The new Deadpool of the Marvel Secret Wars is MODOK Assassin with issue number 2 releasing this week. MODOK is up to all kinds of Deadpool-like shenanigans in MODOK Assassin number 2. 
Take a trip back in time to when Chromium covers were all the rage with X-Men 92 number one. Taking off from the animated series from 1992, X-Men 92 features the crew in yellow and blue, or black. E is for Extinction number one, takes place in Battleworld. Grant Morrison's new X-Men run was as different an X-Men book as you'd expect when it first debuted, and in many ways, the Secret Wars offshoot it inspires feels much the same. Chris Burnham and Dennis Culver pair a familiar feel with a fresh spin. Their flip of the mutant acceptance script is also a highlight, especially given that it's Magneto who is ushering in the new age. Accessibility may be a concern for new readers, but the writers do enough in their structure to set up the initial premise in a way that's easy to follow as the issue goes along. Ramon Villalobos proves an excellent fit to the book's overall aesthetic. His character is effectively grounded and meaty. His pencils don't quite carry the same energy as Frank Wiley's originals, but they're emphatically unique in much the same way. And we'll be back with DC right after this. Hey, what's happening, Chris? Hi, Wade. How are you doing? Hey, I'm on vacation. Can't you tell by the Hawaiian shirt? Is everything okay after, you know, you dying and all? Hey, I've been trying to kill myself off for years. I'm glad to be taking a vacation. Know of any good golf courses? Yeah, a few. Wait a second. If I'm here talking to you, I'm not really dead, am I? Nope. Okay, someone's going to pay for this. Hey, you in your car listening to this station. I'm coming for you. Oh, and you should check out this cool local comic book shop here in Redmond. It's inside the Redmond Antique Mall. It's like a museum, and it's all for sale. The place is called Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. Crazy name for a comic book store, right? Hey, what's the address, Chris? 535 Southwest 6th Street in Redmond, Oregon. Who are you talking to? The people in their car. Geek, geek, nerd, nerd. It's the language we speak. Hi, I'm Chris Columbus, and you're listening to The Geek Report. From time to time, I run across some music that just blows me away. This is one of those times. Here's Sack Joe 22 with Turning Into Normal, What Once Felt Strange.
more new comics on the Geek Report. I'm Chris Columbus reporting. Over at DC, several brand new series are beginning, starting with We Are Robin, number one. The teenagers of Gotham City have adopted the R and made it their own. A new Robin? No. Hundreds of new Robins. If Gotham Academy is representative of what it's like to attend a prestigious private school in Gotham City, then prepare to enter the public schools. We Are Robin number 1 debuts with an entertaining first issue that's got a lot of potential. With so many Batman books on the shelf, though, it still has to prove it has a place among all of the Gotham-based books currently available. In Justice League 3001, number one, they've managed to become the world's greatest heroes of the 30th century. But with legions of foes gunning for them, can they stay alive long enough to see the year 3002? Justice League 3001 makes for a great continuation of Justice League 3000, but it may be challenging for new readers unfamiliar with the events of Justice League 3000. Writers Keith Giffen and J.M. Dave Mateos work hard to organically fit in expository information in hopes of catching readers up, but it often just makes scenes feel a bit awkward. 
That said, they do tell a fun story that picks up on the threads left untied from the previous iteration of the series. Howard Porter returns, and while the layouts continue to work quite well, some of the characters could have used a bit more care in their final renderings. Green Lantern, The Lost Army No. 1, starring Jon Stewart, 2-6, Kilowog, and Aresia, and featuring a surprise guest star we promise you'll never predict, Lost Army is an incredible journey of discovery, survival, morality, and heartbreak. Never has the core been challenged in this way, and not everyone is going to make it home. The Green Lantern Corps has been through just about everything our crazy universe has had to throw at them. So, what's a writer to do with such an experienced group of warriors? Well, toss them into a mysterious and strange new universe, of course. Cullen Bunn steers Jon Stewart and the leader of the Corps and a few of his fellow Lanterns into a brand new and undoubtedly intriguing adventure with the newest Green Lantern title to hit the shelves. The results are fresh fun and full of enigmas. Best of all, it stands apart from its sister Green Lantern book. Superman number 41, on the whole, marks a strong debut for new writer Jean Lun Yang. Yang is able to inject a more grounded, socially conscious sensibility into Superman's world without ignoring the excitement and spectacle a good Superman tale needs. Even if we already know the end destination, more or less, Before Truth is shaping up to be a memorable Superman tale weaving in and out several books. Grayson is just a fun comic book, period. In issue number 9, we learn that Dick Grayson's mission for Spiral might have been compromised. Is there a traitor on his team? It's traditional spy stuff through and through, but it excites and charms in ways that make the series endlessly readable. As charming as the writing is, the art's visceral motion is just as key. Mikkel Janin creates a dance scene here that delivers a smile-inducing, tone-setting moment for the entire series in the vein of Paolo Rivera's kiss scene in Daredevil No. 1. This is the perfect jumping-on point for anyone wanting more fun in their comics. Gotham by Midnight number 6 in a deadly new Gotham City, does the paranormal really still pose a threat? As the task force struggles to rebuild after their tragic loss, their only weapon against the supernatural and internal affairs both might be in the form of attorney Kate Spencer. The tone of Gotham by Midnight is perfect for anyone missing the days of Vertigo's prominence or mourning the recent cancellation of NBC's Constantine. Juan Ferreria particularly delivers on that tone, evoking a dark and moody atmosphere with his art. The story by Ray Fox is a fairly standard ghost-busting fare, a corrupt corporation has to deal with one of its mistreated employees haunting the building, but the cast of characters is compelling enough to carry you through the story. Fox does well catching up any new readers, so don't be afraid to jump on with this issue if the supernatural is your kind of a thing. Aquaman number 41 is debuting Cullen Bunn as the writer. Jeff Parker's Aquaman run was notable for offering readers an easy transition from Jeff Johns' run, dealing with many of the same characters and conflicts. With new writer Cullen Bunn, the series veers into more unfamiliar territory. There's a renewed emphasis on horror and the supernatural as Aquaman deals with invading cities from another realm. That plays nicely with the strengths of artist Trevor McCarthy. McCarthy's sinister character designs and intricate page layouts immediately set this issue apart. Bun's new status quo is intriguing, as is the frequent intercutting between the past and present. 
In Flash number 41, it's a slightly new direction with a mixed bag. Brett Booth remains the great choice on art, his exaggerated style partnering so well with Andrew Dollhouse's bold and vibrant colors. The action is electric. On the other hand, the script feels like it's trying to emulate the CW television show, but only repeating the most tedious bits of it. Do we really need another scene of Barry promising his father justice and freedom? while leaving out the compelling side characters that make CW's Flash so successful. Robert Venditti and Van Jensen mostly succeeded in their script when they're doing things that could never happen on the show, as evidenced by previous arcs. The twist involving Barry's father at the end is something that will most likely never be done on television, and that's why it's the most promising bit of the story. With Batgirl number 41, Babs Tar is getting better with every single issue. The whole Batgirl experience is awesome, but the art is the star by a mile. Now, can you please get Robot Batman out of my Batgirl comic? We'll be back with the indies right after this from MC Frontalot. I'll farm the head. Robotics, space rhinoceri that we pilot. Why? Cause they're in survive. Plus, we heed the cry of our planet's population to defend them. We report to battle stations, split screen ready, and our rhinos are rocket ships with fully articulated tusk jaws and hips. They come equipped with individual special attacks, none with a lack, but a couple a little bit slack. I'm not naming any pilots specifically, but we're all color coded, so you notice that typically I and the gold lead the charge, do the most damage to whatever very giant space invader managed to threaten the globe in yet another of our episodes. This week, malevolent galactic nematode already beat up the squad when we faced him. I'm calling it, let's form a giant robot and waste him. Monster misbehaving, planets needing saving, situations craven. I'll form the head, the enemy is clever. We're smaller, but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head. Y'all could do the treading, swing energy machete. If combinations ready, I'll form the head, I'll form the head. I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head. Pink, what I tell you last time Got my agent on the phone, watch it with the worm slime And watch a star shine, focus in your cameras Cause it's a damn crime being so glamorous Now pan it, yeah, the shot of the supreme Mr. Coy's rhino about them, my lackey team You got the Nimrod with the yellow laser beam The other guys will talk when he wants to talk to me Between scenes, sometimes I feel out of place Oh yeah, I'm the biggest damn star in outer space Dear fans, I am powered by your flattery The little old me, not the diva or the daiquiri back on track team and if you require me to show some early whites i'll remind you why you hired me there's no rivalry just me instead i'll be back in 15 just in time to form the head monster misbehaving planets needing saving situations craving i'll form the head the enemy is clever we're smaller but whatever when we put it together i'll form the head y'all can do the trending swing energy machete if combinations ready i'll form the head i'll form the head i'll form But do we always have to argue over who should form the head? NASA trained, I'm only overlooked cause I'm the nice guy I'm overqualified, I've logged six months of flight time 
astrophysicist, but still there's no respect for me. The golden boy and coys couldn't spell the word trajectory. Now they got me face to face and fighting with some fish bait. Ten minutes left, we'll never finish at this rate. We need a plan, rerunning through other enemies, but every battle has two minute breaks within the memory. All these giant insects, they put the world in jeopardy. I remember Megamoth as if it happened yesterday. Think it's time that we combine and rip this thing to shreds. But only if you promise me that I can form the head. Monster misbehaving, planets need a saving. Situations raving, I'll form the head. The enemy is clever, we're smaller, but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head. Y'all can do the training, swing energy machete. If combination's ready, I'll form the head. 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 Pink. Turquoise stick together, some say. Ultra mega fauna only clicks together one way. If that is apocryphal, might offer you turns up top where the view's at. You can look stern while we pose so menacingly, brandishing blade, about to rid us of the enemy with one swoop. Yay! Now time's critical. Don't debate this again. Oops, that space worm gobbled up Michigan. Monster misbehaving, planets needing saving, situations craving. I'll form the head. The enemy is clever. We're smaller, but whatever. When we put it together. I'll form the head Y'all could do the trending Swing energy machete If combination's ready I'll form the head 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 Monster misbehaving Planets needing saving Situations graven I'll form the head The enemy is clever We're smaller but whatever When we put it together I'll form the head Y'all can do the trending Swing energy machete If combination's ready I'll form the head I'll form the head I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head. Over on the indie side of things, we have Rasputin number six, which comes out this week. The end of issue number five did thrust the reader as well as Rasputin into the future. It was pretty nuts since Rasputin died quite a long time ago. Rasputin in the 21st century. Now that should be interesting. Just when you think a book revolving around a reanimated corpse of patchwork parts can't get any weirder, Mike McNola finds a way. His latest issue of Frankenstein Underground number 4 is steeped with creature feature mythology. The writer deftly entwines the monster's dark past with his own broader universe. In a lesser hand, the issue's copious history and extended setup could lag, but McNola's pacing is so on point that each new reveal only serves to further our interest in the upcoming climax. He knows when to embellish and when to get out of the way, his tandem with artist Ben Stenbeck allowing for numerous dramatic beats and equally impressive silent moments. There's a lot of ground to cover, both past and present, and in that regard, Dave Stewart's colors again prove essential. His subtly sequential hues pair beautifully with Stenbeck's moody interpretation. And with one issue left to go, this team's best appears yet to come. Halo Escalation number 19 kicks off a major new storyline for the series, as a group of Spartans teams up with a Spangeli spy to interrupt Dr. Halsey and the Jewel Madama efforts to unlock a fabled Forerunner artifact. Even as the dialogue-driven and setup-focused as this issue is, it immediately ramps up the tension and paves the way for an exciting showdown. There's a cat-and-mouse quality to the conflict, and I found myself rooting for both sides at different intervals. When it comes to Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, there's no such thing as a quiet issue. The fade out number seven initially appears to be as such, but even when the tension is light, it's never quite gone away, always shimmering just beneath the surface. 
Brubaker captures Charlie's internal struggle perfectly here, giving the character an almost desperate hunger for physical and mental escape that's never quite realized. Even in happier times, he can't seem to get away from the mystery and guilt surrounding his day-to-day, the net of his downward spiral widening with every page. Phillips does a wonderful job of balancing that conflict of character, the artist again showing a great ability in making the smaller moments big. He and colorist Elizabeth Breitweiser combine for a number of subtly charged images, mixing the serene, almost dreamlike quality of the bench with the dark, dreary reality of the real world. The burn may be slow, but it's no less searing. The beauty of Fight Club 2 as a sequel is some time has passed for the characters. They did manage to live a somewhat normal life, or at least they had as normal a life as they could considering how really messed up they were. Now that the cat is out of the bag and it appears that Tyler Durden lives, there's no telling where this story will go. You get a sense of the danger to the narrator Sebastian character and it's difficult to figure out who we should be rooting for. We all love Tyler Durden and what he stands for. Will he fully make his way out? Find out more in issue number two of Fight Club 2. Legacy of Luther Strode number two continues its emphasis on action over story as Luther, Petra, and Delilah travel to Russia and battle a mysterious hermit known as the Gardener. While this issue does boast more dialogue than the first, a good deal of it is in untranslated Russian, an intentional choice, as writer Justin Jordan explains in the afterword. Artist Trad Moore again justifies the price of admission with his hyperkinetic stylized visual. With the way blood flows as if it were an uncapped fire hydrant in this chapter, the creators may as well be paying homage to the Fist of the North Star. All good fun. On the plus side, the issue kicks off a backup feature from Moore and artist Stephen Green. This tale fleshes out the background of the twins from issue number one nicely, while also offering something very different from the main series in both tone and visual style. With Mythic, writer Phil Hester has created a very intriguing world where nothing is too bizarre to be impossible. Case in point, the issue involves our heroes tricking a mountain god and a cloud god into having sex in order to end a chronic drought. The surreal humor and the undercurrent of dark conspiracy are enough to give Mythic its own voice. The book is also a great showcase for artist John McRae. His visuals are gritty and textured, yet more than capable of rendering all the bizarre and outlandish sights Hester can conjure. Together, these first two issues offer a solid foundation on which the creators have opportunity to build something truly strange and wonderful. Pick up Mythic 2 today. Spawn has struggled to make the most of its new status quo and creative team. Between the clunky dialogue and the ham-fisted political commentary, the past few issues haven't been up to Paul Jenkins' usual standard. This new chapter helps turn the book around. The political elements are gone as Jenkins focuses solely on Al Simmons' reunion with his dying father and their journey through hell. This issue serves as a solid character study for Al, hinting that true affection for his abusive, neglected father still remained despite his cold, indifferent exterior. There's a certain element of subtlety to the writing that one wouldn't normally associate with this franchise. Artist John Boy Myers thrives in the hellish setting, rendering dynamic, powerful figures and lending a stark sense of dread and unease to every panel. If this issue is a sign of what to expect from the series going forward, there may be hope yet for Spawn. Ever since the conclusion of All Out War in The Walking Dead, it has been generally quiet. 
Civilization has been reborn to a very large extent, and much of what the drama that's remained has had to do with is how you live your life when you've survived the zombie apocalypse. With the latest issue, though, Robert Kirkman takes the liberty to drop a few bombs that just may shatter everything Rick Grimes has built. Again. The Tithe began with a very interesting and unique premise with its first issue, a diatribe against the abuses of megachurches mixed with the stylings of Ocean's Eleven. The first issue started out strong. However, the issues since have featured some dialogue issues and less than endearing characters. Fortunately, issue number three makes up for this with some interesting developments. That said, while this issue features a game-changing twist at the end, writer Matt Hawkins handles the scene a bit heavy-handedly. It's unlikely that anyone was really clamoring for a Roku one-off so early in Ninjak's run, but in typical Matt Kent fashion, he gets the most out of the book's standalone format. His profile on the she of the fabulous Follicles is surprisingly complex, to say the least, balancing the spiritual with the supernatural in a way that elevates the character beyond the usual supervillain trappings. That said, while her creation of self is definitely intriguing, it's hard as of yet to see just how it fits within the main narrative, teases to her link with Ninjak notwithstanding. Regardless of narrative influence, the issue itself is just pretty to look at, with Butch Guys taking over the bulk of the artistic reins alongside Marguerite Selvage. The differing art styles are utilized well in selling the issue's more mystical aspects, though it's Geis' gritty realism that solidifies Roku's status as a true dangerous foil. Now three issues in, we're still no closer to figuring out Keptara. Keptara is that rare book that you like, but you can't really tell why. So jumbled in its themes and overall sense of direction, in many ways the script reads as a best hits sort of ode to the space adventure genre, with Chip Zardusky doing his best to cram in as many unique set pieces as possible. Racist glomps, naked wizards, questionable heroics. There's a little bit of everything in here, and at times, these pieces trip over themselves in the push to be as funny as possible. Thankfully, the book is pretty hilarious when it works, filled with blatantly awkward physical humor and a more subtle bits of wordplay. There can be only one, artist Kagan McLeod, who again drives much of the humor, his elongated character play and wide expression gelling with Sardusky's script. The consistency of his lines can dip at times, but his overall storytelling quality remains solid. I'm Chris Columbus, and thank you for hanging out with me for the last hour. This has been The Geek Report, talking about new comics and all the changes over at Marvel. It's been brought to you by Geek Geek Nerd Nerd, comics, toys, and collectibles at 535 Southwest 6th Street in downtown Redmond, inside the Redmond Antique Mall. Come in and check out all the video game crossover comics from Halo to Tomb Raider, Mass Effect to Skyrim. You'll find them all at Geek Geek Nerd Nerd. It's the language we speak.